And now, a presentation on the Mental Health News Radio Network. The Outer Limits of Inner Truth Radio Show. Ryan, that is a freaking awesome question. You are the power, and you do not need anybody's permission. He's the only guy that ever crawled out of a grave where people didn't go, oh, ah! Don't worry, don't be afraid, ever, because this is just a ride. You're, you're a great interviewer. You're one of the best. If this is the best God can do, I am not impressed. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to the Outer Limits of Inner Truth Radio Show, OuterLimitsRadio.com. I'm your host, Ryan. Before we begin, I want to give a special birthday shout-out to Miss Cara Elder, one of our most amazing listeners. Happy birthday, Cara. If you happen to see Miss Elder at a bar or anywhere, please walk up to her with a beer and wish her a happy birthday. Before we begin, I also want to give a special thanks to Daniel McAdams and Chris Rosini. Those are the two individuals responsible for allowing us to interview our featured guests at the third time. Our featured guest is Dr. Ron Paul. Chris and Daniel have also been responsible for allowing me the honor of working with the Ron Paul Institute. It's a, it's a dream come true, and I just can't tell you how much uh, respect and admiration I have for Dr. Paul as well as Chris and Daniel. So uh, thank you both, Chris and Dan. You guys are amazing. Featured guest, again, Dr. Paul. is going to talk about education versus indoctrination, why it's so important to learn and develop your own passion for education. I did not do well in the public education system, and it started very early, too. When I was in kindergarten, my kindergarten teacher actually told my fellow classmates who were five years old not to be friends with me, I guess because I was daydreaming or because I wasn't listening to everything she said as gospel because, you know, all we had to do was was color and books. So I guess she could spot a troublemaker early on. And things did not get progressively any better throughout the course of my life in the public education system. I was never happy to go to school. I never was excited to go to school. First off, I understand why you have to wake up so early in the morning to go. I don't know. A number of things. But when I got out of school and I went to college, I never missed a party. But I also never passed up an opportunity to crack open a book. I was very passionate about learning. I still am to this day. I love reading about history. I love learning about critical thinking and coming in contact with all types of teachers. Part of the Out of Limits of the Truth is a continuing education. I hope it's the same for you because when you talk to individuals who are skilled, who are masters at their craft, I think you can learn so much more. And I think it's a fundamental difference between education and indoctrination. Education is something you do willingly. It's something that you do because you want to better yourself, because you're very passionate about it. And indoctrination, that's just being forced to to learn something or to, to recite something or to, to pledge allegiance to something and not think for yourself. And I think that's what the public education system is doing right now because uh, things are really strange in the world. At least they are in America. A lot of people are, don't have any idea of freedom. And our featured guest, thankfully, does. He's one of the greatest teachers of freedom. And here's a quick synopsis of freedom because it's so simple. It is your body. Do whatever you wish with it. It is your life. Do whatever you wish with it as long as you do not harm others, as long as you do not infringe upon the life, liberty, or happiness of another. That's freedom. And a lot of people, for some reason, 
aren't crazy passionate and love with freedom, which I cannot for the life of me figure out. Now they say the root of all evil, like, oh, the root of all evil is money. I don't think so. I think the root of all evil is the infringement upon the life, liberty, or happiness of another. That being said, let's begin tonight's show. It is a great honor, once again, to welcome back to the program Dr. Ron Paul, the founder of the Modern Day Liberty Movement. He is also author of several books, Revolution Manifesto and the Fed, Liberty Defined. He's a three-time presidential candidate, and I have to tell you, this gentleman has inspired me in so many ways. He's, he's one of my heroes, and again, it's the third time, but it's always surreal. Dr. Paul, welcome back to the program. Ron, it's great to be with you again. Thank you. Real quick, I just want to let everyone know that Dr. Paul does the annual Peace and Prosperity Conference in D.C. every year, and it is awesome because if you go there, you're around people that love freedom, and at the end, there's a line of people out the door waiting to get a photo with Dr. Paul. You should see everyone standing up. They're sucking in their fat. They're combing their hair because they know they're going to get the picture <laughs> with an iconic figure. So thank you. It's awesome. It's a, it's a really great thing, time that you do that, so I appreciate you putting that up, sir. First question yeah. I want to ask you is, you are a passionate advocate of homeschooling. And if you look what's going on in the country today, it seems that we have a nation of kids that want something for nothing that are pro-communist. So what is the comparable difference between homeschooling and government schools? And also, how does one engage in homeschooling if they're a parent that has a full-time job? How do you make the time for your kids? Well, there, there's a couple of problems to deal with or a couple of processes that you have to deal with. Well, I, I see public or government schools as indoctrination. It has nothing to do with education. And they want you to be obedient and understand what the government is all about. And it's not designed to teach people free markets and personal liberty, personal responsibility, the rule of law under the Constitution. It does the opposite. So that's that's a a, ma- a major problem, and then um, they do this, uh, you know, in the purely government schools, you know, uh, uh, K through twelve, you know, but uh, it doesn't get much better when they go to college because all the colleges get government money, so they're not going to really permit competition in education. Fortunately, though. Uh, and I always argue the case that if there's always a loophole for you getting out of a government system, things aren't totally lost. And I think there is a way to get out of the government system of education, and that is private schooling and homeschooling. And uh, that's a big help. And it's it's always going to be under challenge. It was under challenge, you know, several decades ago where they were trying to close them down completely. But uh, I've been able to start one, and so far we don't have any any uh, tough-armed uh, uh, government agents coming in, and, and we've been able to, to do it. But but this this whole thing about uh, you know how is it managed and how can parents do it? You know, it is an individual thing. I've never advocated, and that's not my position, that every single person has to. To do homeschooling. I, I don't think that'll work. My the program I have is really a lot of self reliance and self responsibility. And once they know how to handle it, they go at their own pace. So you don't have to have somebody, you know, sitting next to them and tell them what to do. So it's uh, one some some of the uh, families and kids that come to our program they said, oh, the parents love it because they don't have as much day to day activity. So, but it's um, it's to me is important. On what are the subjects? I think 
we got into this mess that we're in now because of, of progressive education, you know, and no respect for liberty, the Constitution, monetary policy, or non-intervention in foreign policy. And I believe everything is ideological, so therefore we have to have, you know, uh, an ideology that defends a system quite different than, than we have today. Okay, and to remind everyone that the website for Dr. Paul's homeschool is ronpaulcurriculum.com, or we'll post a link to it. Dr. Paul, looking at the current trajectory of the country right now, it seems that kids in school, if they're, if they're taught to learn, if they're taught to lie, cheat, and steal, it seems to be fitting to a certain paradigm right now. But with your curriculum, it seems to be, or other homeschooling curriculum, maybe more self-reliant. Do you think that your type of homeschooling and other types of homeschooling, which encourage self-reliance, is for a paradigm that we'll have in the future once we have yeah, a severe monetary shakeup? Yeah, I I think that's what has to happen because although I don't believe we're going to uh, uh, get rid of what we have and go to a better system or even, you know, once again look to the Constitution, you know, for, for our, our guidance because I think it'll be very, very difficult. But, but ultimately uh, there will be a major problem that we have and the more people we have that understand something differently the better off all of us will be you know if uh, you, you know you take a few things like monetary policy people should be protected because if you depend on only government uh, uh, you know paper money it's a good way not to be prepared if you take depend on you know the rules and regulations on protecting your family in in a serious manner and that is uh, being allowed to own a gun uh, that's a, that's a serious problem too but people have to know what a free society is all about. But they have to assume responsibility for themselves. And this is the this is the big job that we have. Most people don't want that responsibility. They like entitlement system, and that's why this new generation they they don't think it's just uh, sort of somebody being nice to them. They are entitled to it and give it to me now. Uh, but soon there won't be anything left to give. Matter of fact, everything is based on debt, and the debt will be the limitation. Eventually, eventually the debt won't be protected. We've uh, now started, uh, you know, uh, working on the, the depression that hasn't started yet, and that means they're manipulating the money supply and interest rates down to zero and, and all this kind of stuff. So there, there is no ammunition left. They can't. There's no way they can do much, uh, and debt then will change everything because the more you print, the worse the things we get. Today, they can we printed our way out of the serious problem we had in 08 and 09, or at least we at least we were able to pump the bubble up again. We didn't get out of it because we're still facing the same thing, but we're a lot worse off because I think the financial bubble is much worse. And most, most people have to think that uh, have to realize that the crisis we have is a legal constitutional problem, but it's also a moral problem. And uh, and and that's why I think the the solution has to be in education. I always marvel at looking back and reading about the founders. When you think about it, when they uh, at that time, how well educated they were. You know, they weren't they weren't all educating government schools. Probably none of them were, but they they knew the classics. They knew everything that was going on. And now, you, you know, if you get out of uh, all government schools out of twelve grades, boy, they they have a tough time when they go to college. And colleges don't always solve their problems either. Well. 
That's it's pretty amazing about uh, the trajectory. And I'm wondering when the bubble does burst and there's a big liquidation on all the debt, I wonder if there's going to be a liquidation on a lot of ideology that will be happening in the country. I wonder if all this, this socialism or this infringement upon the rights of others, if that's going to evaporate as well because people are going to be going back to a more survivalistic mode where they're going to have to cooperate. I wonder if liberty will emerge out of that. I'm just curious. Well, it, it, it's up for grabs. And, of course, I think people like you and I and others who care about it, that's what our goal is, is to make sure that in this contest that our views prevail. And, uh, you know, when the Depression of the 30s uh, was going on, they had this big argument. They confiscated gold, and they, they blamed the gold standard. They blamed too much free enterprise, and they shifted and the universities were already filled with uh, progressive and socialist ideas, and that's what we've been have been living with. Today, the universities are still full, but the Internet, even with all its shortcomings, we are able to get a message out. And I'm, I'm not all that pessimistic. I think, I think ideas have consequences. I think uh, the people I meet on college campuses, there's a lot of very good people. Uh, they don't have the majority, but you don't have to. You just have to have a significant amount of uh, leadership and offering it up. And when the time comes, I think that uh, hopefully we can uh, uh, dispel this belief that uh, welfareism and socialism and communism is uh, is a solution. I think the, the um, attention that the socialists are getting now is out of proportion to what really exists because it seems like, you know, part of our struggle is not only the universities, but it's our media because they pump these people up. You know, I went to Washington and uh, I had a precise philosophic position. It was different and it was challenging, but they never they never quite gave me the same coverage <laughs> as a socialist. Oh, a socialist! Oh boy! You know, they 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 do a whole lot. But I still am optimistic that uh, we we can get that message out. And I I just think that uh, if the young people hear our message. Uh, they they will come in our direction, and that that's that's important. It's uh, but it is a fight of uh, and a contest between ideas, and uh, ideas have consequences, and and I think our ideas are more refined than even what the founders had to put up with. I think we have better understanding of uh, foreign policy on how how definite the non-intervention should be. I think monetary policy is better understood, and free markets are better understood, but they're not in vogue. They're not. We're not following it. But the failure of this, that is our goal, is we have to show them it's a failure of ideas, and it's not the failure of not having enough guns uh, in order to settle this uh, argument. It has to be an ideological struggle, and uh, it's existing. It's just that uh, the the people on our side uh, don't quite get the coverage. But uh, changing people's minds, uh, especially young people these days, uh, it's a challenge, and that's what we have to do our best at. I'm most curious when it comes to the changing people's minds. I mean, the, the basis of socialism is that you, you steal from your neighbor and you enrich yourself. I mean, that's what it fundamentally is, right? Or it's taking. And I remember one of your quotes saying that you know, the reason why socialism doesn't work is because they know it's volunteerism. I don't understand, like, why would you want that? If, if you have personal freedom, that you have, there's so much there. And um, Well, I think they want security, and they don't realize that secure that this this dependency in selling out of your liberties for security is a no-win situation. That's why that's why it ends up like Zimbabwe and Venezuela. 
Uh, they do want security, and it's very tempting. And, you know, after 9-11, I, I was in Congress at the time, and I had so many people come up, and they said, Ron, well, I know what you're talking about. We shouldn't sacrifice our liberties, but under these conditions, you gotta, you got to be willing to sacrifice your freedoms to be safe. And uh, governments shouldn't be designed to keep us safe because that, they can keep us safe if they put us in a room and put a policeman outside the door. They can't. The responsibility has, has to be on the individuals, and some people don't want that responsibility, and, uh, but they never fully explain, well, how, how do you solve the problems of uh, taking care of people if they're not going to be taking care of themselves? That's a responsibility. Dr. Paul, I've been following your career for a long time, and it's not just your beliefs and political perspectives and the fact that you're very libertarian. I've always thought you'd be a very moral person. Even when people have attacked you, you seem to always respond in a very calm way. So I'm very curious about where does your core moral fiber emerge from? Do you have some deeply held spiritual beliefs that drive you and what is the the core basis of your morality well i I think for most of us it did for me it comes from our families there i mean people do survive bad family life and and living in the ghetto and having no guidance sometimes they're able to get somebody to influence them but uh i didn't have to go through that uh uh, i was born in the depression time in 35 and uh and we didn't even know, you know, until after the war, there were nothing but shortages, you know, and all kinds of problems. But we always had the family, and the family got along fine. And it was, it was, uh, we, we, we uh, my parents had very spiritual beliefs, and we were raised in a Christian church, and we were raised in a Lutheran church, and and I think that is the basis of it all. Uh, but I, uh, I probably want to, in what I talk about now, I want to include people, because I would hope that the people who say they're Christian just would follow, you know, Christian beliefs, but I don't sort of lecture on it. Besides, uh, it doesn't always work, you know, when you get into that. But what I do, and you've already brought up the terms uh, that I like to use, in all great religions of the world, all decent people of the world, accept the idea that we nobody should think that they have the right to, you know, lie, cheat, steal, or kill. And that's universal. That, that was known even before the Ten Commandments were written way back. So those are the basic rules of civilization. And, of course, it fits into the libertarian position of the non-aggression um, position, no, no, no aggression. And, and this, is, uh, this would solve a lot of problems. You say, well, that means you don't care about talking about your spiritual life. Well, you, you know, I talk about it in the, in, in the right places. But what, what it does, it, I'm, and in my homeschooling it's like this, I want to have a society where people uh, are not coerced by their government, everything is voluntary, and everything is, uh, you, you know, done, uh, you, you know, by individuals. And my argument is it brings people together, you know, if everybody accepts these principles of not hurting people, I mean, no matter what religions you believe, really, you can find it in a religion. Not many religions that I know of say, okay, the way you get by is, you know, you kill people and take what you want. Uh, there's a lot of shortcomings, but that's not what, what they teach. And, you know, lifestyles are different. Religions are different. And, you know, eating habits are different. Sexual habits are different. The one thing is, is if you 
if you have this system and you allow it, people should come together and everybody who has a variation in how they will use their freedom should, uh, you know, uh, legally be, uh, uh, you, you know, not significant. As long as you, you don't hurt people, then people have to use their liberties uh, to decide on their own excellence and virtue, which should be their goal. And uh, that can be done, and everybody can come together, and some people will go one way or the other. But uh, every, you know, no matter what the beliefs are, we should all be fighting for this society that puts the responsibility on the individual. And um, to me, that's uh, if you even want to move in the direction of peace and prosperity, you have to accept that. Thank you, Dr. Paul. I just have one last question, and that is there are a lot of people that are actively trying to raise awareness of freedom and tyranny and the fact that our civil liberties are being decimated and there are also people that are trying to raise awareness and get people excited about freedom and liberty what would be maybe one or three ways kind of codes of conduct that would honor the principles of freedom and that would also honor you how would you prefer people to approach this how would you prefer people to spread messages of peace and freedom and to really be strong and these coming times that we, we have. Okay. Yeah, and I get that question a lot. And your big question here is how, you know, you're assuming that you can get together and talk. And say, oh, that does sound pretty good. You know, that, that, but that's too idealistic. And that's, you know, uh, but I want to do something. Tell me what I have to do. And uh, I don't respond very well to that. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you what to do. Well, it's a like conduct, though. No, you, I mean, do you want people you, to be combative? Do you want them to be peaceful? I mean, what what is Well, I think it's obvious if they're going to follow the principle of, of uh, uh, the universal principles of not lying cheating, stealing, and killing, and they have to accept that and think that's a good approach. So, um, yeah, and I think that, um, that, that will go a long way, but people have to be tolerant. That's a, that's a big thing. So in doing this, uh, you would say, oh, well, well, some conservatives just detest the idea, and I detest the idea of people overusing or using, you know, drugs and all this stuff and this, uh, but, but I never accepted the idea that that, uh, that laws would make make things in, any better, so people have to accept this responsibility to you know to take upon themselves the, making these decisions. You, you can't you can't have the government saying we're going to make it make you safe and we're going to take care of you. If the government takes over the role of uh, of uh, promoting excellence in, on, on individuals and virtue. There's no liberty because then you have uh, the the state, which becomes their god, defining virtue and excellence. And uh, what happens is you get a system like the Soviet system uh, and 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 uh, radical communism. You have no creativity. There's no excellence sought after. It's just survival that goes on. So I've always marveled at those who who who. Uh, uh, you, you know, survived a system like that. And for that reason, I thought of Solzhenitsyn as sort of a heroic person. He was born with the Russian the Russian uh, Revolution, and yet he ended up with Western, uh, Western values. And so it, it can be done. But I think that makes the difference of, of what the values are. Because I, I do work on this positive assumption that people are basically peaceful, I uh, I've been in the military. I don't think uh, I don't think young people, whether they're in the military or not, love war. And I think peace 
candidates do better than most people realize. I think in the last election, Hillary was more militant than Trump. You know, uh, so I, I think that people do want to live in in peace, but the propagandists are what you have to overcome because they're always working on you. Well, yeah, that is the case, but you're not an American. You're unpatriotic. You don't care about the military, and therefore you have to be a, a, a militant promoter of liberty by going overseas, and then we end up in 170 countries, and then we are told we're there to protect our Constitution and to protect our liberties. That is bizarre. That has, we, we we have to seek truth and get people to understand that's not that's not the way it is. Absolutely agree with you. Dr. Ron Paul, I want to thank you so much again for being with us. Again, you can learn more about Dr. Paul by going to the RonPaulLibertyReport.com, the RonPaulInstitute.org. You can learn more about Ron Paul's curriculum by RonPaulCurriculum.com. You learn about his homeschooling. Dr. Paul, you inspire me and so many others every day to become more compassionate, more peaceful, and you always inspire us to fight very hard for liberty. Uh, it's an honor to talk, to talk with you, sir. Thank you so much for all that you've done and continue to do for the cause of liberty. Very, very nice, Ryan. I appreciate it very much. You got it. Thank you so much, Dr. Paul. Appreciate okay. it. Very good. Thank you. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Okay, everyone, that concludes today's edition of The Outer Limits of Inner Truth. Special thanks to Dr. Ron Paul, a living legend, for being on our program for the third time. Such an honor. And special thanks, as always, to our virtues, Ms. Carrie O'Connor, Ms. Lisa Caza, and Ms. Constance Dellis. To learn more about the Outer Limits of Inner Truth, please go to our website at outerlimitsradio.com. Until the next time we meet, my friends, I wish upon you an abundance of peace, love, and beers. Take good care, and thank you so much for listening. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.